Hello and welcome to a time of edification with Caruso Ministry. Get ready to be edified and equipped to edify others. Ready? Let's begin. foundation um, for the name of Jesus, all right, primarily how the name was gotten, hallelujah, glory to Jesus, primarily how the name was gotten, so we see that the name of Jesus was gotten as a function of Jesus going to hell, could you reduce it a little, just a little, the name of Jesus was gotten, you know, as a function of Jesus going to hell, I, I mean, I can say that now, right? Right, so you understand. <laughs> Beautiful. So Jesus went to hell and then he rose out of hell. Hallelujah. And I explained that Jesus' authority out of hell, or when Colossians 2 and verse 15 says that he made a public cure of the devil, it's not that Jesus was holding the devil by the tail and he was walking around. Rather, Jesus' resurrection from hell itself is the authority that he shows over the devil. Are we together, guys? Glory to Jesus. And I showed you that Jesus said that if you are to, you know, if you are to steal from a strong man, or if you are to go into the strong man's house, for you to come out your strong man, are we together, guys? And so when we see somebody go into the house of a strong man and come out of that house, the only explanation is that somehow he has become victorious over that man. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? So when we see Jesus resurrect out of hell, the explanation we have, therefore, is that Jesus must have gotten authority over the devil. Does that make sense, guys? And so the way Jesus had a public show over the devil is that Jesus was raised out of hell. Are we, are we together, guys? And so when you see when Jesus said in Matthew 16 that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. While today, the gates of hell is not church in context the gate of hell not prevailing against the building of the church was that the gate of hell does not prevail or did not prevail against the resurrection of jesus does that make sense guys are we together guys because the building of the church is predicated upon jesus's resurrection does that make sense guys and that is the reason jesus now says in Revelation 1 and 15 that i am he who is alive who was dead and i live evermore and i have the keys of death and hell does that make sense guys so jesus received the keys in the Greek place, referring to authority, he received the authority over death and hell because he was raised from the dead. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? And so we rounded it up to see that not only was he raised from the dead, not only was he raised from the dead, we see that he also was exalted to the right hand of the Father. Does that make sense, guys? Does that make sense, guys? I'm getting a lot of feedback here. 
Does that make sense, guys? All right. So we see clearly that not only was Jesus raised from the dead, we also see that he was exalted to the right hand of the Father. And that exaltation is the authority we speak about. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? And lastly, we saw that we can use the name of Jesus because we are in the name. That in fact, the foundation for the authority that we can use the name for over sicknesses and diseases is because we have faith for salvation. Hallelujah. So we can use the name because we are in the name. Say, I'm in the name. I am in the name. I'm in the name of Jesus. I'm in the name of Jesus. So we want to see this afternoon what it means to make the name known. Because you see, upon Jesus' resurrection, when he gave us the name, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, from verse 18 to verse 20. And we begin our study. Matthew 28, from verse 18 to verse 20. Matthew 28, from verse 18 to verse 20. Could you power me up a little? Power me up a little. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Ah, this is good. Matthew 28, from verse 18 to verse 20. Are we there, guys? Are we there, guys? So now he says, and Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, all power, that's the word exousia in the Greek, referring to authority. He says, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Hallelujah. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how many times that sickness has been prayed for. You are going to get your healing. Hallelujah. Just heard that in my spirit. Glory to God. There's someone here, you're trusting God for a healing, and in your mind you are saying, this is not the first time they'll tell me that this sickness can be healed. They prayed for me before. Hallelujah. Well, this is your time. Hallelujah. This is your time. Glory to Jesus. So, tonight, we're going to pray for that. It's going to go. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? Say, I believe, and I receive. Glory to God. So let's continue. So he says, Go ye therefore, go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. He says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo and which you always even unto the end of the earth. Now, there's something in Bible interpretation called the law of context. And let me, let me say this. When we say context, a lot of times, we just give this very simplistic explanation. We say context is reading pretext, reading post-text, and then you understand the context. That's not entirely true. I'm going to tell you why. Because you see, sometimes context is not just within a chapter. Are we together? Now, sometimes context is the entire book. So let me give you a very good example. Now, when you read the book of Hebrews, the context of the book of Hebrews was to make people understand that the salvation that Jesus gives is much more greater than the sacrifices of the Old Testament. Are we together, guys? Now, that is where the writer of Hebrews was going to. Now, look at how we started in Hebrews 1, verse 1. He says, God, hundred times and in diverse manners, spake in time past to the fathers by the prophets, as in these last days spoken to us in his son. And then he now begins to explain the different ways God spoke to the fathers by the prophets. So it starts in Hebrews 1 to show the authority of the son angels. Are we together? He enters Hebrews 2 and today if the word spoken by angels was steadfast referring to the laws and every disobedience and transgression received the just compense of reward he says how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation so in hebrews 2 he begins to talk about angels and the laws and how the son is greater are we together guys does that make sense guys he enters hebrews 3 
Alright? Then he begins to talk about Moses. Begins to talk about Joshua in Hebrews 4. How that Joshua brought them into a particular rest. But if God still promised the rest to David, that means they remain the rest for the people of God. I wish you got that guide. Goes to Hebrews 5, still tells us more about salvation. The high priestly ministry in Hebrews 5 down to around Hebrews 7. It was Melchizedek and the like. Are we, are we together, guys? Goes on Hebrews 8 like that. Does it really explain what he's saying until Hebrews 10? Are we together, guys? It would mean, therefore, if you now say context is pretest, post, so on and so forth, what context of Hebrews? A simpler explanation. Christ is greater. That's all. So, when you say context, context will mean, listen to me, gathering all the facts around the matter to come to a conclusion. I showed you, for example, yesterday, that when you try to understand the context of scriptures around prayer, Mark 11 tells you whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. Are we together, guys? But then, that is not the entirety to prayer because that makes it look like anything I pray for, I will get it. I think we both know that's not true. I made a joke about the fact that some of you, there are some prayers you made, you are happy now that you do not answer. I'll get together, guys. Now, because James for them tells you that there is a possibility to ask and not receive, all right, because you ask and miss. Are we together, guys? Hebrews 11, I'm sorry, Mark 11 makes it look like every time I ask, I'll get it. But no, James 4 tells you there are sometimes you will ask and you will not get. Why? Because you ask that you spend it upon your loss. Does that make sense? So, if we are going to understand the context of prayer, that one will not just be pre-test and posted. It will be all scripture. Are you with me, guys? Does that make sense, guys? All, somebody say all scripture. And Bible now tells you, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Acts 20 and verse 26, Paul speaking, he says, I, he says, I'm free from the blood of all men, but I have not shown to declare unto you the entire counsel of God. So there is an entire counsel of God, a complete counsel. You don't just, you know, you don't just cherry pick the parts you like. You take a little here, you take a little there. That's not how Bible teaching is done. It is done holistically. Are we together, guys? Scripture tells you in Jesus' teaching, Luke 24, 25 to 27, He says, O fools and slow about to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and twenty into his glory? Now, just that statement that Jesus made, in order to explain ought not the Christ to suffer these things and twenty into his glory, he now goes on and says, beginning at this is that all the prophets to Malachi. He says he expanded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. That particular journey from Emmaus to Jerusalem was a seven-mile journey. Historically, it was about three hours. In other words, Jesus caught up, caught up with people on the road and he taught them on the road while they were walking. Three hours. Why? A simple question. Is this man reason or not? Three hours teaching. On so you need to understand, Bible study is not something you rush. I need I need this thing to sink in your head. You don't comment on a matter until you have good enough details. Don't. You take your time. You study through. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? Beautiful. So now, now the reason I said everything I said in Matthew 28, when he says, All authority, to me. We'll read that and say, Oh, all authority never to me. Jesus is saying, Cast out devils. Lay hands on the stick. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Calm down. Calm down. Is, all authority in heaven and earth is in heaven. All authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. Now notice what he says afterwards. He says, Go ye therefore 
and make disciples of every nation. Or go ye therefore and teach all nations. So, the primary context of that authority spoken about in Matthew 28, 18 was the making of disciples. Now, you won't be wrong to see the authority of Jesus in raising people, um, sorry, in raising the dead or in doing the miraculous. That's not wrong. But the primary context of the authority in Matthew 28 has to do with the fact that we can make disciples of every nation. Are we together, guys? Are you with me? Does that make sense, guys? Exactly. Now, the reason is because when you look through the word authority in Scripture, authority doesn't always refer to authority over sicknesses and diseases. Let's look at some places. Open your Bibles with me. Go to uh, Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 29. I'm, just going to, I'm going to rush through this. Matthew 7, 24 to 29. Matthew 7, 24 to 29. It says, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine, and doeth and do them, he says, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. He says, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. He says, For it was founded upon a rock. He says, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto, sorry, okay, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. Now, pay attention. The rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. He says, And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Now, if your understanding of authority, which is exclusive in this place, refers to authority over sicknesses and diseases, is that the authority in this context? No. The authority here was that he had a command of scriptures that they had never seen before. Are, are we together? That this man could teach scriptures with such clarity and depth that they had never seen. They said he teaches as one that has authority, not like the rest of the scribes. Does that make sense, guys? Exactly. Now look at another example. Look at Matthew 8 and verse 9. Matthew 8 and verse 9. A little background to this. The centurion's servant was sick at home. And so the centurion hears about this Jesus. Of a truth, the centurion is not a Jew. But guess what? He loves his servant so much, he goes to Jesus. And then he tells Jesus, he says, you know, my servant at home is sick. He says, I need you to pray for him. And then Jesus says, no worry. No worries. I'm going to come to your house. And then he can say something. Look at Matthew 8 and verse 9. He says, I am man under authority. He says, having soldiers under me, I say to this man, go and he goeth. And to another, come and he cometh. And to my servants, do this and doeth it. And the point of what he was trying to say is this. You don't need to come to my house. Just speak a word. Now, let me say something. You see, you know, another centurion could have said, maybe when he goes to me and says, Jesus, I want you to pray for the sick. And then Jesus probably, in his own case, said, He's healed. Another centurion will say, I'm a man under authority. I tell one person to go and he goes. Another to come and he comes. I'm telling you that there's somebody in my house that needs a healing. Follow me. Are we together? Listen, the same excuse a man has for unbelief is what another man has for faith. Let me tell you, at the end of the day, <laughs> the same excuse one person has. Oh, I'm an atheist because I, I, I've studied science. I know so much. Listen. There are some men that the reason they believe in God is that same science that made you an atheist. Are you with me? So you need to understand authority 
power, money is never enough excuse for you to stop being fervent for the Lord. Why? For some men, those things are the reasons they are no longer fervent. For some others, that is the reason they are on fire. Are you with me, guys? But now, let's continue. Now, in this context, Matthew 8 and verse 9, he says, I am a man under authority. The authority here, too, is this over sicknesses and diseases. No. It's referring to military rule. Are we together? So, in other words, context will be the context of discussion. What was being spoken about? So, back to Matthew 28 now and verse 18. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I said this in the first session. I'm going to say it again. You need to understand that when God's word is taught, the power of God is on display. Are you with me? The power of God is on display. You see, you must never limit the ministry of the power of God to just when hands are laid. In fact, I dare say, my best flows of power when I teach. My folks know. I flow the best when I teach. Because you see, whenever the word of God comes, faith is strengthened in the hearts of people. Scripture says in Romans 10, verse 17, he said, he says, now faith comes by hearing, although the primary context of that was faith to receive the gospel. He says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So every time when you get a hold of God's word, for the unbeliever, he receives faith. For the man in Christ, his faith is being strengthened. Are you with me? Are you with me? So that's the reason, listen, this part, eh, let me tell you a secret. This part is more important than tonight's session. Are you with me? Some people know how to receive a healing, but not how to do it. Are you with me? God's plan for your life is health, not healing. Are you with me? Healing is an intervention. Health is how to live. Are you with me, guys? Who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles? So, health is how you live. So, healing is fine. It's an intervention. But guess what? After you are healed, you now need to know how to walk in health. If not, it's going to come back. Glory to Jesus. <laughs> I hope you know sicknesses come back. And sometimes worse. They do. That's, see, that's the nature of problems. By their very way, two things about problems. Number one, problems are bound to end. Number two, they can start again. Hallelujah. That's, that's, I'll talk a bit about that tonight. Let's continue. So, as I was saying, the context, therefore, will let you understand what authority is being spoken about. Does that make sense, guys? So, in Matthew 28 and verse 18, when he says, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me, the authority in that context would have to be an authority that has to do with making disciples. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Now, how does this make sense? Now, don't forget, I explained this in the, in the previous session, that when Jesus rose from the dead, what does that mean? By his resurrection out of hell, right? By his resurrection out of hell, we see that hell is not the end. Does that make sense, guys? We see that death is not the end. Are we together, guys? In fact, let me show you something. Look at Hebrews 2. Someone, I skipped that in the first session. Look at Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2 from verse 14. Now, pay attention. He says, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he says, he also himself likewise took part of the same. So, because the children are flesh and blood, Jesus also became flesh and blood. Does that make sense, guys? He says, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Now, why did he do so? Let's continue. He says, that through death, so you know I explained in the first session that Jesus had to become a man because he a man that can die. Does that make sense, guys? Spirits don't die. So, and he needed to 
die because man as a reason of the sin of man was under death does that make sense guys so he had to identify with the simple states and the death of man so that man could also identify with the result of his resurrection are we together guys i hope i've not confused you beautiful let's continue now he says that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil and now look at the next verse and deliver them who through the fear of bondage where all who through the fear of death where all their lifetime subject to bondage pay attention to a very important part there did it say deliver them who through death where all their lifetime subject to bondage no what subjected them to bondage listen now the death spoken about here the context of it primarily is physical death how do i know that because he says jesus came to take upon himself flesh and blood are we together so meaning he became a man so that he could die as a man does that make sense but notice he says to deliver them who through the fear of death listen in the work of salvation jesus's primary work was not to stop us from dying and that's the reason even after you are saved you are still going to die if jesus starts are we together what he came to save us from was the fear of death you see the fear of death is the illusion are we together you see before jesus rose men believed that death was the end are we together guys are we together the resurrection of jesus makes us realize that death is no longer the end are, are we together because now, jesus died and rose and compared to any other person he rose with a resurrected and glorified body together and the scripture says he has become the first fruit of all that believe meaning in jesus's resurrection we see what we can become or better still we see what we will become are we together now when we receive the sacrifice of christ it's not as though we are not going to die it's just that we have we no longer have a reason to be scared of death are we together guys do you understand me because we know that though we sleep in the lord one day we are going to be resurrected hallelujah and philippians 2 verse 31 tells us our bodies our vile bodies will be transformed into his glorious body can i hear an amen so in other words now you understand why it's, it was almost as though the apostles were walking into death like you know they told agabus signified by the spirits that this is how they would tie Paul down you know let me say something you know if it was us we are doing holy ghost meeting then in the holy ghost meeting agabus just comes out he says, i speak by the spirit of god i speak by the spirit of god and then he points towards paul he says this jerusalem you are going to they are going to bind you they're going to hold you they're going to be in prison they're going to do this they're going to do that you know who say ah that is god's intervention no? that's god using style to let him know he should not go are we together you say ah god is such a good god if we say let's thank God for divine preservation are we together but you know what you know what Paul said he says I do not count my life dear unto myself are we together he said you know if the way the Bible puts it he says why are you doing this why now they, they genuinely were caring for him but Paul says see my heart is fixed I'm bound in my spirit to go to Jerusalem are we together in other words the point of the prophecy wasn't to stop him it was to let him know what to expect are we together listen to me let me say something does the lord reveals to you that the way ahead is difficult is not reason to stop is to let you know are we together sometimes he wants you to walk through it listen if he doesn't want you to go, he will restrain you in your spirits 
are we together? You are not the one that will interpret the difficulty as extreme. Does that make sense, guys? So, that you see difficulty in front of you by the Spirit of God does not mean God doesn't want you to go. I mean, Scripture shows you in Acts 16, when Paul was set to go into Asia, what happened? The Bible says the Spirit restrained him. He said after them, he wanted to go into Bithynia. He says the Spirit restrained him again. Are we together? And then the Spirit says no. He then saw a vision of a man of Macedonia saying, come unto us. And then he went. Now, let me shock you about that. You would think when Paul sees a dream, a man of Macedonia that says, come unto us, you would expect that as he enters into Macedonia, you know, there will be a table prepared for him in the presence of his enemies. Are we together? That as he's coming in, they'll not be saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Are we together? They will do red carpets. No, sir. Let me shock you. You know that song you usually sing? Paul and Silas, they prayed. They, they sang. It was not a Holy Ghost meeting. They were in prison. It was in Macedonia. Are we together? So, the spirits revealed unto them to come to Macedonia. Yes, in that Macedonia, they were in prison. Are we together? In other words, the Lord led them into prison. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Difficulty never disapproves that it is the will of God. Are we together? The only difference is as long as you are in the will of God, you are sure that you are in the will of God. In fact, let me say this. You know, we always say that as long as the will of God, I'm sure it's going to take me out. Not all the time. Stephen was in the will of God. Unless you say, no, he wasn't. Well, he saw a vision as he was dying. Praise Jesus. Sometimes the proof that is the will of God is, is the will of God. <laughs> Sometimes the proof that is the will of God is not that you'll be rescued supernaturally. No, sir. Every single disciple of Jesus was martyred. Every single one. Including John the Baptist. Yes, he was thrown into, I'm sorry, not John the Baptist, including John the Beloved. Yes, he was thrown into the pot of hot oil and was not born. Guess what? He was banished in the island of Patmos and he died there. Are you with me? You know, <laughs> glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. The supernatural preservation in Christ. I told this to my guys over the weekend. I think last week. The supernatural preservation in Christ. Are we together? But then the same Jesus said, Blessed are you when men persecute you. Are we together? He says they will revile you. The same Jesus who, by his name, you have supernatural preservation. He died in the hands of wicked men. Amen. Show more what Jesus will only. Hallelujah. So have it because I feel like sometimes we need to have a proper balance of our charismatic on the charismatic. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. The power of God works. There's no debate about that. God rescues supernaturally. God supplies. Are we together? But guess what? The same Paul who lets you know that God will supply all your needs and riches in also tells you, I know how to base and abound. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So have a proper balance of your charismatic ministry. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Are we together, guys? I hope I've not annoyed you. Even if you're annoyed, I don't care. <laughs> Anyways, let's continue. Glory to God. Glory to God. So now, what is the primary, as I've explained, so the primary context of the authority in Matthew 18, Matthew 28, 18, was something that had to do with making disciples. Are we together, guys? Now, I've explained to you already that Jesus went to hell and rose out of hell by the power of God. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Does that make sense? Now, let's continue. I want to show you something. Look at... Romans 1 from verse 16 to 17. Romans chapter 1 from verse 16 to verse 17. Romans chapter 1 from verse 15 to verse 17. Okay, Romans 1, 16 to 17. 
He says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Now pay attention. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. He says to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He says, for there is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So he tells you that, listen, the power of God able to save a man is in the gospel. Are we together, guys? So when we preach the gospel, what are we doing? We are supplying the power of God in the direction of getting a man saved. Does that make sense, guys? Now, can the power of God raise the dead? Can the power of God heal the sick? But can healing the sick make a man saved? What can make a man saved? So, the singularity of God's power to make a man saved is in the gospel. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Now, so, every time when I deliver the gospel to a man, I am, now, I explained this in the first session. Remember I said, when you see an unbeliever, just like a believer who on the earth is, in, is on the earth, but in the spirit is in heaven. Are we together? Philippians 3 and verse 20, our citizenship is in heaven. Does that make sense, guys? Same way, when you see an unbeliever, you see a man who on the earth, he can be sitting among us. But in the spirit, he is under the throne of hell. Are we together, guys? So when you meet an unbeliever, you're about to preach the gospel. You are seeing a man who in front of you is standing, but spiritually he is in hell. Does that make sense, guys? And so, now pay attention. When you minister the gospel, to him, this is why the gospel is a message of power. Because what you are doing is supplying power to him, just like it was supplied to Jesus, to raise him out of hell into it. Does that make sense, guys? And that's why scripture now tells you in Ephesians 1 and verse 19. It says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? According to the working of... So, it is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word, according to the working of his mighty power that he wrought in Christ. Does that make sense, guys? When he raised him from the dead and set him at his in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and past. So, he did it in Christ, and now it is working in us. Does that make sense, guys? And now, pay attention to something. Just as the power raised up Jesus from the dead never to die again is the same basis by which I know I have eternal life. Are you with me? Listen, eternal life will only stop when the power stops working. It has nothing to do with the man. Are you with me? Listen, as long as you understand salvation within the context of the Savior, you will never go wrong. The problem with our understanding of salvation is we see salvation from the lens of the saved. That's the problem. The moment you see salvation within the context of the one who saves, the Savior, you understand what it is. It is upon the might and strength of the Savior that salvation is sustained. Are we together, guys? So, Scripture then tells you that Jesus is made an high priest forever after the order of an endless life. Why? Because the power that raised him up from the dead is also working in him today to ensure that he does not die. Are we together, guys? And so, as long as he is alive, that power is also able to raise up every unbeliever from hell into eternal life, never to be without life. Does that make sense, guys? And that is why salvation is once for all. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Have I confused you? No, I have not. If you have me, say I hear. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So now, when I preach the gospel to a man, what am I I'm supplying the power of God. Are we together? Are we together? That's not all. Look again at 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and verse 18. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and verse 18. 1 Corinthians 1, and verse 18. 
He says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. He says, but unto us which are saved, it is the what? The power of God. So, the message of the gospel is the power of God. And so this is the reason, let me say something. In your evangelistic ministry, and I'm, I'm going to get there very soon, when you go out to preach the gospel, never separate, I need you to get this, never separate the ministry of the gospel from the miracle. You are supplying power. Listen, just telling somebody, Jesus died, he rose. Jesus died, he was buried, he rose again. He seated at the right hand of God. Do you believe? That is power. Are you with me? What you are doing, you are already flowing power. So, already, eh, you are already speaking supernatural utterance. Listen, the message of the gospel is supernatural. That is why the delivery as well is supernatural. Supernatural utterance is not just limited to words of prophecy. Are you with me? Are you with me? Because there is a dichotomy we have in our minds where we think, when I preach the gospel, I'm speaking from my head. Are you with me? Then when I want to give prophecy, I now have to talk in tongues, talk in tongues, and then give a prophecy. No, sir. The words of the gospel in themselves are supernatural. So, the same flow by which the gospel comes out, tongues can come out. Are you with me? I can be speaking. You know why? Because they are both supernatural utterances. So, if I don't have to premeditate the gospel before speaking it, I don't have to premeditate the word of prophecy. Are you with me? This is the secret to a prophetic or an utterance flow when you teach. It's the reason I know every time when I minister the gospel, I am always going to flow in utterance. Because already, the gospel in itself is utterance. Are you with me? Do you understand me? This is the reason scripture tells us in Luke 14, that when Paul was preaching in Lystra, he saw a man that was impotent in his feet, and he says, fasting his eyes upon Paul. And Paul, perceiving that he had faith to be healed, he told him, get up on your feet and walk. It was the same flow. I promise you, it wasn't like this. It wasn't Paul was teaching, then he stopped. Then see everybody praying in tongues. Then I looked at him and says, no, it was as he was teaching, he saw him. And he could tell there's faith in that man's heart. Get up! Are we together, guys? That's the flow. It's the same flow. You know, one of the things I like to do on evangelism, and I think a couple of my folks have seen me do it, it I'll be talking to you, and then, I'll, and then I'll just say, for example, and then I'll give you a word of knowledge about your life. I've done it once, not twice. And they've seen it happen again and again. In fact, if you go with me on evangelism, you know one of the things I like to do very seriously to flow in utterance cheaply. Because I like what it does to people. You know, when you can literally see somebody's face begin to beam up as you're talking. You know, you're just, you know, just talking with them and then you say, for example, now, you know, can you pay, you know, Bershen Shishen Singh? Like, what she any call over Jane Lowe be 25,000. Yes, sir. You know, as I'm, <laughs> when somebody's telling your entire life story, you know, you know, when Jesus was speaking to John 4 is a very funny thing because there's a lot to unpack. When Jesus was speaking to the woman who was at the well, Jesus says, Go and call your, <laughs> go and call your husband. Jesus already knew that she didn't have a husband. <laughs> Jesus says, Go on, you know, Jesus did it like, oh, Go and call him so that you know we can have a better discussion. <laughs> and so when <laughs> she now says, I don't have a husband, he says, I know. He says, and in fact, he says, you've been with five. He says, the person you are with now is not your husband. You know what the Bible says afterwards? The woman says, I perceive you're a prophet. Mm. <laughs> he says, I, he says, I, I, I perceive. You did not perceive. You saw it. He's talking like as though it was a knowing. It's not a knowing, sir. Not a comfort of knowledge just here. I, I so, listen, you don't, you don't have to be spooky about it. We're going to do a bit of that in the night as well. You... You can be trained in the flow of utterance. You need to get, you need to get used to it. Now, it, the training also is being able to sense a flow and to move into it. 
And then you go in and then you just come out. And then you continue your words. It's a training. And it's a training we all need. Are we together, guys? It's a training we need. It's the same flow. The same way you flow in tongues is the same way you flow in every other prophetic gift. As long as you didn't have to think about tongues before speaking, you can flow in every other thing that way. Are we together, guys? Glory to Jesus. Say the things of the spirits for me. Say the things of the spirits are my own. Say I walk in them. I walk in my own. I walk in all that the Spirit of God has made available to me. Say I walk in tongues. I walk in prophecies. I walk in discerning of spirits. Say I can see. I can hear. I can know. I can do by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Have your seat. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Now, pay attention. So now, I've explained before that the ministry of the gospel is the supply of power to raise a man from the dead. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So, when we preach the gospel, what are we doing? We are supplying the same power by which Jesus was raised from the dead. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? And so that's the reason the name of Jesus is the authority of the resurrection. So, when we preach the name, we preach the power of the resurrection. When a man believes on the name, he receives the authority of the resurrection. And then he now becomes seated where Christ is. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. So, let me just get into the next part of it. Before I get there, look at Romans 6 from verse 3 to verse 4. Romans 6 from verse 3 to verse 4. Hallelujah. He says, Know ye not that as many as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Now, explain this in the first session as well. That the word baptism, or when you hear baptize, is not referring to water. Now, was there water baptism in the Bible? Yes, there was. Are we together? But when it was water, you could tell from the context that it was water. Are we together, guys? So, not every baptism in scripture is water. Are we together, guys? Are you with me? Because the word baptize is the word baptizo. It means to immerse or to identify. So, Bible tells you, for example, in 1 Corinthians 10, it tells you that the Israelites were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the seas. If baptism means to enter water, does it mean they entered into water into Moses? No. It just means they identified with the ministry of Moses. Are we together, guys? So, baptizo, they were baptized into Moses. They identified with the ministry of Moses. They saw him as their leader. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So, to baptize would mean to identify with. And so, Scripture then tells you in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13, it says, for by one spirit are you baptized into one body. Are we together? Whether you are Jews or Gentiles, whether you are slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So listen, by the Spirit of God, I am now identified with Christ. Are we together? So what that means is that by the Holy Ghost, I am a part of the body. And this is why it is absurd to see a Christian and ask the Christian, do you have the Holy Ghost? For him to be a Christian, he has the Holy Ghost. Are we together? If he says, I'm a Christian, what he just said was, I have the Holy Ghost. Are we together? Because scripture tells you, Romans chapter 8 and verse 9, he says, you are not in the flesh but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. He says, if any man does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not of his. So, if a man tells you, I'm a Christian but I don't have the Holy Ghost, what he's saying? I'm not of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. A man without the Holy Ghost is not a child of God. Galatians 4 and verse 6. 
because you are sons, God has shed forth the spirit of his son in your heart, crying, Abba, Father. So, the way we know you are a son is that you have the Holy Ghost in you that makes you cry, Abba, Father. Are we together now? Romans 8 and 16. The spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are sons of God. Say, I'm a son of God. Say, I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So, you're a son of God. And the reason you're a son of God is because you have the Holy Ghost. And so that is how you are baptized into Christ by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Say, I'm baptized into Christ. Hallelujah. So it's devoid of water. If you, if, you want to, if you want to baptize in water, by all means, enjoy the pool. Hallelujah. I have no problem with it. I have been baptized myself. Hallelujah. Baptized. There's no problem with it. Hallelujah. But doesn't does it make you any better? Glory to God. I hope I didn't annoy you. Well, if I did, no problem. It's the word. Glory to Jesus. Amen. You know, the first time I taught baptism to, any, to one of my disciples. <laughs> Is he here? <laughs> I don't even want to make the joke. Uh, I can't see him. Actually, I saw him before. So, don't let me make the joke. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Alright, so let's continue. So, in verse, Romans 6, 3 to 4, he says, Many to Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. So now, how were we baptized into Jesus? By the Spirit. Are we together, guys? So, even though when Jesus died and rose again, he did it as one man by himself. Are we together? By the Spirit that we received upon believing on him, we received that Spirit to now identify with everything he did. Are we together, guys? Such that when I have the Holy Ghost, it's as though I died when he died and I rose when he rose. Does that make sense, guys? So, the agency of baptism is the Spirit of God, which is the means of identification. Does that make sense? Beautiful. Let's continue. Now, having seen that, we want to look more intricately into how Jesus would have us cover the world. Because, you see, you need to understand what the authority is for. Sicknesses and diseases are good, but that's not the primary problem of mankind. Are we together, guys? See, there is a sickness in every man's heart that is devoid of whether or not the man has money. Are we together, guys? It's devoid of whether or not the man has a good health. It's devoid, in fact, of whether or not the man is living in a place with good economic conditions. You know, you hear some, you know, people say very ridiculous things. They say, hmm, the reason you are praying is because you are in Nigeria. Once you get outside, once you get outside, where you are getting everything, you will need to pray again. It just shows what your prayer life was about in the first place. Are we together, guys? It shows what your prayer life was. And that's the reason we condemn very strongly the message of the gospel that makes a man think all that he needs from God is to make his life feel good. Proceed. Let me say something. If, as we always say, what the gospel is for is to make your life better. You know, the gospel did not work in Paul's life then. <laughs> you know, if you are supposed to estimate it naturally, that man's life became worse with the gospel. Oh, you, it's because you don't, you don't understand it. You know, do you know what it means to be a Pharisee? You, let me tell you the way Pharisees were. Pharisees had special clothes. I wish you you become a Pharisee over time. It's not something Pharisees are not people that you do five years apprenticeship and you become Pharisee. That's not it. Are we together? In fact, if you are supposed to study historically, you realize Paul was so intelligent, he was one of the youngest Pharisees. Are we together, guys? In fact, he, that's the reason he was called a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was sound. 
act together. He would walk. And if you, if you watch documentaries, Pharisees would walk and people would bow on the roads. That's who they were. Are we together? So he was living good. He was a big boy. Are you with me, guys? No, did you see when he was talking about Philippians 3? And he wanted to count his credentials. He says, but he, look at the way he said it. He says, circumcised the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin. He says, of the Lord, blameless. Are we together? He says, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Meaning, when I'm talking, theologians say, in equivalence to today, he had two PhDs, two doctorate degrees. He's not a small boy. Are we together? But then the man tells you, he says, I counted all of that, but done for the excellency of Jesus. He did switch to talk. Are we together? You know, it's hard for you to count up or down because all you have is undergraduate degree. And, oh God, ah, you know, humility is not hard when you don't have much. You say, ah, sir, I'm humble. You don't really have a choice. <laughs> you understand? Say, say, I'm humble. You know, when Jesus says, when scripture tells us he humbled himself in the form of a servant, that place did not capture it well. When you meet somebody who devoids himself of all glory and becomes a man, that's not humbling himself like a servant. He did way worse than that. Are you, that's humility. You understand? It's not that you have 100k. You understand? You have 100k, then you wear 5k shirts. You say, I'm humble. No, sir. You are staying within your means. <laughs> you understand? You're not humble. <laughs> Hope you're not annoyed. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Where was I? How did I get there? How would you. Is that, what were you saying? Counted loss for Christ. Thank you. So I was just using that to explain the fact that when we think that all the gospel does to a man is to make the life is to make the man's life soft, that's a lie. Are we together? You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, "Don't think I am come to set peace upon the earth." He said, "I'm come to set a sword upon the earth." That's the real meaning of I'm not a man of love. I'm not a man of preacher of love. Jesus tells you, "I'm a war. I'm a fight." He says, "I'm here to set parents as barriers with children." Are we together? Now, this is the same Jesus who raises Jairus' daughter back to him. So, on one hand, he's doing the miraculous and repairing families. On the other hand, he's telling you, for the sake of my ministries, families will scatter. Are you with me? So, that's why I said, your charismatic ministry must be, and this is where context comes. So, if you understand charismatic ministry only within the context of Jesus making everything nice, you've not gotten it all. Sometimes, Jesus makes things hard. Are you with me? Now, when you see a man who before he was walking on the streets and everybody was bowing down to him, scripture now tells you at night he was being let down in a basket. And it is not for drama, it's because they were going to kill him. How does Jesus make life soft like that? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. It's one of the reasons why, you know, today a lot of us cannot seem to understand why God will send a man who seems to be doing so well in the city and send him to a village. We don't understand that kind of divine direction. Our divine direction is that he must send us to the nations. Have you ever noticed our nations never include Kafansha? No! We never see Kafansha in visions. Are we together? It's always Canada, Europe, Australia. Now, of course, by the grace of God, those things are not bad. God sends men there. I mean, at the end of the day, men will have to be there. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. But listen, men will have to go to Ifewara. Are we together, guys? And the man in Canada is not any better than the man in Ifewara. Are we together, sir? Are we together, guys? Ah, you know, I, I really wish I had time to expound these things. You know, there's a way we read Bible stories that it doesn't occur to us. Now, Bible tells us in Acts 8 
Philip turned around the city of Samaria. Yes or no? Now, in the middle of a revival in Samaria, everywhere, everything is happening. Everybody is knowing his name. Just imagine at that point in time, you, you, you literally turn around the city. You should just open church. Omega mighty Philip does it ministry. Something like that. Now, Bible tells you, the Spirit of God told him, depart from here and go to a desert in Gaza. Sir, some things are sweet to read. I get me. When you tell a man who has turned around an entire city to go to a desert. Now, here's the funny thing. You might think, ah, problem. I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to go. Now, you'll be thinking in that desert, maybe there's a nation waiting. Ah, are you with me now? Now, for God to make me live here and go to a desert, there are men waiting for me there. Are we together? Guess what? He goes to the desert. Nobody. In fact, the only man was moving. Meaning, he wasn't even going to stay with him in the desert. The man was going along his way. Are we together, guys? And that's where he met the utopian eunuch. Are you with me? And then he preached the gospel to him. And after that, guess what? The man left. After Acts 8, we no longer hear of, of, um, of, uh, of Philip until later in the book of Acts, where he's now called Philip the Evangelist. Whatever he did for God, we don't know. Are you with me? Glory to Jesus. Listen, the fruit of obedience to God's will is obedience. It is never results. Never. Never results. Never results. This is why you must never judge a man by the seeming appearance things around him. There would have never been a Paul if there is not an Ananias. But the last we hear of Ananias was that he preached the gospel to Paul and faded into the background. Listen, if Ananias had and started to disciple him, would have said, that's a man of God, that's a serious man, but God did not send him. Are you with me? All God sent him to do was preach, get him filled with the Holy Ghost, get him healed, get out of there. Are you with me? Glory to Jesus. In my final year, by the grace of God, I mean, I was teaching God's word, people were being blessed, and so on and so forth. I'm going to say something that people might not know. I could have leveraged on some things. I could have. But you see, let me say something, and I want to beg you. Don't do God's work by passport. If this is working like this, and this is working like this, and this will work like this, ah, knows how is by leading. Are you with me? Where did he ask you to go? What did he tell you to do? To what extent did he tell you to do it? Are you with me? Do you understand me? If he says, do like this, don't do like this. Are you with me? Do like this. Let everybody be saying, ah, do like this now, do like this. I say, I don't know how to put my leg down. Are you with me? Because here's the thing. See, you might do like this, and you will get results. But listen to me. You never know what that thing has done for your future. Sure you know, Moses still got water. But guess what? He never made it to the promised land. So in the immediate, did he get result or not? But did he also terminate God's plan for his life? He did. Because, let me say something. This is also why you don't judge by results. Because you can be in disobedience and still get results. But it will only, ah, oh God. And this is the reason, when you talk to older ministers, I've come to realize again and again, when you talk to them, it's almost like sometimes they are trying to talk down on the things we consider important. 
They don't really, God, when you talk to other ministers, they don't really talk about power, about being sound in God's word, about, they always talk character, obedience. Are you with me? Because that's what preserves. Because sometimes, your body can be shaking you as a young minister. You know, ah, oh God. You know, sometimes, when you do one or two, when miracles happen, God, if you say, yeah, in their body, ah, Farabale. Are we together? Farabale. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of power may be of God and not of us. Listen to me. If it is of God, it's not of us. The moment it becomes of us, it's no longer of God. Are we together, guys? We stay in our lane. Jesus. And let me also give you a wisdom. Don't push your man of God into his death. Are we together? Yes, sir. They are doing this one year now. They are doing that one day. Oh, yeah. That's the shepherd of your soul. If he dies, oh, you might see another shepherd, but you go suffer. You say we see Shege. Are we together? Because it's sometimes, it's not the man of God that is the problem. It's the people he's leading. Are we together? If the man of God says, God said this, don't, you two don't be asking too much questions. Sir, God said that be, no problem. Are you with me? Don't say, ah, and sir, I know God said, nah, but sir, now, sir, because now, the man of God who before I said, God has said this, this is what I'm going to do. Him too, now begins to think about it. Ah, no, turn on now. Ah, come on now. Eh? Desert in Gaza. It, even the tides there. Just one tight in Samaria. Just one. Gaza will shake. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. It's obedience to his will. Obedience to his will. Hallelujah. We didn't call ourselves, he called us. We are nothing but servants. Hallelujah. We don't decide where we go. He tells us where to go and we go. Are we together? If he tells us go, we go. If he tells us stop, we stop. If he tells us jump, we say how I. Are we together? And if we say to this point, we don't go any inch higher. We stay there. Hallelujah. We obey to the last command. Hallelujah. We don't try to think, and this should make sense now. Mm -mm. What did you say, sir? See, we would rather go back to ask again and again. Are we sure, sir, that this is it? See, ah, I fear God, though, sir. I, mean, I would rather, you know, sometimes, I was talking to a friend of mine, and there's this quote I always use from, you know, Papa Hagen. Papa Hagen would say, I would rather be slower than God than faster than God. And I always say that to a friend of mine, sir. If God says, do this. I've heard you, sir, but I'm coming. Let me go and check again and again and again that you said it. So one time I was talking to a friend of mine. The guy said, of the truth, it's better to be slower than God. But listen, it's best to be at space with God. In other words, I guess that you always want to confirm, but sometimes, and the confirmation don't do. You say, follow. Do you understand my point? But see, sometimes I would rather, I know you said it, sir, but don't be <laughs> ah, because sir, if your spirit will not go, I will not go. Because hey, there are still many years ahead. How old am I? How many am I? So when there are many years ahead, you will learn how to preserve yourself. Glory to Jesus. Hey, Amen. I'm not in haste, though. Glory to God. Are we together, guys? Now let's continue. Now Matthew 28. Matthew 28, still from 18 to 19. He says, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power in heaven, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. He says, Teach all nations. Somebody say, All nations. All nations. Say, all nations. all nations. You know, all nations includes Nigeria, it includes Ghana. Are we together, guys? It includes South Africa. It includes Mozambique, Angola, Equatorial Guinea. Are we together, guys? All nations is all nations. Look at Mark 16 from verse 14 to 15. 
Mark 16 from verse 14 to 18. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of hearts because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, You shall receive power that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Hallelujah. So, Jesus tells us to go into all the world. Listen to me, men and women of God. All the world is all the world. Hallelujah. All the world includes your classmates. All the world includes your housemates. All the world includes that bokeh on the road. Are you with me? All the world includes your gate man. We, let me say something. One of the ways that you know that you are growing is when your perspective to life begins to conform to scriptures. When you no longer see people by rich or poor. Are we together? Smart or unsmart. You begin to see them within the lens of the gospel. Saved or unsaved. Then you know you are growing. Are we together, guys? And it's one of the reasons why it becomes absurd when you go for one year NYSC and the only thing you come back with his pictures. A man of God like you, with the training you have received, all that you have to show, one year, pictures and a babe. You are now here with a damsel. Damselia. Man of God! One year! You mean? You entered the place for one year and they did not feel your impact. Sir, you know, you know, what man If you meet somebody who knows something, you can tell. I don't know how I can explain this to you. Even when they don't talk, there's a way a man does himself. You will know this was just the form. It's something something. Are you with me, guys? Do you understand me? You are telling me. In one year, you enter the place, and never for once the people say, Let's hear what you have to say. So, that by the time you are done, they say, Ah, you mean you've been among us? Are you with me? Do you know what I'm saying? Nobody say, You know, every time you are the one that's always looking for audience, and at the end of the day, okay, talk. What the room? What is this? Are we together, guys? Are you with me? Scripture says, Paul would enter into a synagogue and then. They would be sharing the word as, as was their culture. They would read aloud and then they would say, Does any man have anything to say? And then a stranger would come up and then speak the word. And by the time it's done, the entirety of the synagogue was in disarray. What is this? He, he thought so well. Even people who did not agree did not have a point to counter. Are you with me? Like, ah, like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you with me? Like, if you like, yo. I don't like him. I don't. But sir, sir, that's it. Day, my God, are you with me, guys? Hey, God. You know, when we got to learn about salvation, the eternity of salvation, etc., etc., on campus, I was a menace. I was a terrible menace. God saved my life. Oh, He did. <laughs> was, there was a particular WhatsApp group I was on. <laughs> ah, God. <laughs> WhatsApp group I was on. I argued for three days. Not. I mean, me. 
I will sleep, I will wake up, I will continue the argument. And I mean, it was the entire, it was the entire, and just to give you context, it was a leader's group, a teen leader's group. So the people that were there were men and women of God. Three days, wake up, we'll continue the argument. There are just about two of us against every other person. We'll wake up, we'll continue the argument, we'll continue, sir, kill our cotton. From eternal salvation, we enter Job. Kill it. <laughs> you know, and that's why I said God saved me because at some point, those arguments were no longer about getting people blessed. It was just to show that you know. Are we together, guys? But I'm trying to let you know, all right, that we, by the time we ended that particular, when we ended it, somebody said something that caught my attention. He said, we might not like these guys, but they are studying. Are you with me? Do you know when somebody says it to your face? He says, we might not like them. He says, but we cannot argue. Well, how when somebody who says, it's not a function of what you do, you are saved. But that person is studying more than you, I believe it's a function of what you do. You know, you know the irony of eternal salvation? I have prayed more and studied more now than ever before in my life. When you understand grace, labor comes. Are you with me? Because grace now makes you realize that with little comes much results. Are you with me? For where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Are you with me, guys? Do, do you understand me? Exactly. Exactly. So, now, he tells you to go into all nations. So, you must see the possibility. You see, the first thing is first. The issue is, I don't, the problem, I don't think the problem is knowing how to preach. By the grace of God, you can teach people to preach. The real problem is opening people's eyes to see the possibility of certain men being saved. We say it a lot, but we've, never, we've not come to accept it in our minds that celebrities can be saved. Are you with me? Celebrities can be saved. You know, I've always been talking about this thing when I was on campus. And I'm saying it again. If I, I made a post about it a while ago on Twitter a long time ago. Now listen to me. The days are coming. Celebrities will pray for long hours in my meeting. Do you understand? They'll come with their company and everything. One pack it, Are we together? And in the meeting, you will not know who is me. Or some of them will be so popular, you have to know them. Are we together? But in fact, nobody will have time for anybody. Because everybody will be busy in tongues. Are we together, guys? You must open your mind to conceive the possibility. SUD presidents can be ministers of the gospel. Are you with me? Does it have to be one or the other? Does it have to be? See, I wish I learned this early on campus. Unfortunately, I began to get it around my phone level, phone level. It wasn't too late, but there, were just, there was just a limit to what I could do. Are we together? See, by the grace of God, I was involved in politics in my department. It's, I mean, some folks in my department know. I was involved in politics in my department. Now, I might not have been an executive or anything, but myself, guess more. I can, I can talk now. I'll be, I, I can. Praise God. Are we together? It doesn't have to be one or the other. You must conceive the possibility. Are, are, we, are we together, guys? S certain men can be saved. Are you with me? Certain women can be saved. There is no level of wealth that suddenly exempts you from the gospel. And see, it's almost as though older folks know it. It's always younger people. Small money enter your hands. You cannot show up in church again. Hey, Lolo, How much? You find men. You know, I was listening to a testimony. Interesting. I saw an excerpt from Pastor Paul Eneche about this over the week. You know, I was listening to a testimony about a surgeon who had, I think it was a neurosurgeon, in Nigeria, who was 40 years in practice. 40 years in practice. He was celebrating his 40th year in practice and he was a keyboardist in church. Keyboardist, keyboardist. 
not man of God. You, you know, sometimes it's like so terrible. Once you begin to have some level of influence and affluence, one day, one day microphone for you to become a man of God. He's not a man of God because he has money. He's a man of God because he's called. Now, can a man of God who is called have money? Yes, sir. But listen, sir, the, the money does not bring the call. Is either there or is not there? Are we together, guys? That's it. That's it. That's it. He was a keyboardist. Those kind of things must remain. Are you with me? We can have men of God. We can have rich people in the world that are ushers in church. Are you with me? Brotaiwo. See you in the world, but Brotaiwo in church. And it is not absurd, all right, if the person beneath him at his workplace is his pastor in church. And he will say, yes, sir. Hallelujah. I mean, I just told him in the first session. Peter, who was a fisherman, entered the house of a centurion. A centurion is somebody who is leading a army of 100 Roman soldiers. Ah, sir, it's not a joke. 100 Roman soldiers. So, not only can he fight, he has authority. And then, a fisherman walks into that man's house. And guess what? Cornelius falls on, his, on the ground. Now, it is Peter who is a fisherman who is now telling him, I'm just a man like you. Are you with me? Are you with me? I've come to realize again and again oftentimes, older folks get this more. A lot of times, older folks honor better than even young people, even for younger ministers. I've come to see it. I don't know how to explain it. Older folks will tell you, please, share me the link of your meeting. I want to watch it. They will watch your meeting. They will come and meet you. They will reach out to you and say, I was blessed. I watched it. I did this. I did that. Then it's now... <laughs> you can't even quote two Bible verses. Do you understand? I, as you were, you know, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not, I'm not insulting you. I'm not letting you know. Calm down. And this particular thing, I thank God I'm saying this on campus. Because, <clears throat> myself, I did, I did small madness too. Thank God God saved me. Do you understand? Because I have tendency to overdo anything. Okpe, okpe, common sense. Are you with me? Thank God somebody made me know, uh, you don't know anything, get Farabale. Glory to Jesus. So let me tell you something. All the flock that are under you now, sure you know they gave you, nee? sure you know they will collect it back. Are we together? Don't be whining yourself. It's not your labor. <laughs> well, Dr. Are we together? Then you will now go outside where people listen to you based on what you have to offer. You know, there you go. You leader in campus fellowship. Whether or not you have anything to offer, we shall know every weekend we have to show. On Sunday, we have pastor on call out, we have a it's fellowship. I have to be there. When you get outside, hey, ah, listen, if you don't, if you don't, even when you have gone, they are not listening. <laughs> How much more will you do? <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So, man, let me tell you something. Alongside the gifting and the grace of God upon your life, have common sense. Hallelujah. Be a good person. Praise God. Be a good person. You are in part four. The other people in your fellowship are also in part four. But they can't talk to you no more. They're always doing, sir. Yes, sir. Now, don't get me wrong. Honor is a big deal. I'm very emphatic on honor. But let me tell you something. You see those guys? Now, they are hand for opportunity day. When you are done with man of God, go outside. You now realize they don't give special jobs to pastors. Are we together? Oh, are you with me? The first project I worked on as a product designer, it was my guy who got me the gig. He was a member of the, of the fellowship. Are we together? 
till Kunle. It was my guy. So, in fact, when I became a leader, one of the first things I did, I called my guys outside. I said, I said, listen, we feel they do uh, organization outside. Something. I said, when we are here, now Israel, Akule, if I do anyhow, may I see anyhow. You need the common sense in your life. Are we together? So that your guys can also let you know, ah, emoji, that's your sermon. You know, to, you know, I'm not saying I did not prepare, but they watch me back on. You understand? Now, Blue John. You know, Jeff. You know, I always tell you guys this. Of, of all the critics of my teachings, the people I'm scared of the most are my friends. I'm telling you. I am not as scared of Twitter trolls as I am of my friends. Once I make a post and then one of my guys just sent my DM. Hey, God. Because you see, this thing you said, can you explain it? When he says, can he does that he doesn't understand. Oh, my God, jump on <laughs> Ah, oh my god, that money. There's one of them, I'm sure he's watching this meeting now. Because yesterday he sent me a screenshot. I saw, I saw him post a screenshot of the meeting. KBC 2022, I think, in Lagos. It was a long hour teaching. I now felt a long hour teaching now. Let me just wear palm in the teaching. The way he entered my body about it, he didn't say that, ah, why did you wear palm? He just said, he said, Emoji, how was the meeting? You know, as I was done talking and everything, I said, I even noticed that you wear palm. <laughs> even notice that you wear palm. He said, ah, the palm is nice. So, ah, you know, there's a kind of, the palm is nice that you already get. Look on. You're a man of God. Look on. Do you get? I said, thank you, sir. <laughs> Glory to God. Have common sense. That's what preserves you. See, it's a very dangerous thing when you don't have anybody that can correct you. You mean your friends cannot talk to you anymore. To all of them, you're a man of God. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. This is not a part of my teaching, but I just sense my heart. I need to say this thing very strongly. It's needed. Let's continue. Let's continue. So, as I was saying, your eyes must be open to the possibility of having people. Are we together, guys? Because sin is a singular problem of all mankind. Listen, train yourself to see a man without the gospel as a sinner. It's a training. Let me shake you small. You know, Dangote doesn't believe the gospel. Are we together? That way doesn't believe the gospel. Can you truly believe that you are better off than him? Let me tell you something like this to myself recently. By the grace of God, recently, you know, I, I had the opportunity to travel a little this year. Now, one thing I would always tell myself, when I get to a particular place, and I mean outside the continent, I would say, what is it about people are losing out because sir when you get to certain places you ask yourself the truth what really does a person like this need you're coming from a country where you people don't even have constant lights now you get to a place where everything is working i mean i mean you're talking to people who they have no problem in their lives in fact their own problem is no more sustenance it's now building wealth are you with me guys now when you get in the company of those people do you still have a message on your mouth for them ah that is what really determines that you know this gospel we are talking about. That, and that's the reason you have a lot of believers, they get outside the country, and now there's no message to preach. Because it was always a message of convenience. Believe in Jesus, he will, he will give you money. And now, 
he doesn't make it any wrong. It's true. He really does give money. He meets people's needs. Are we together, guys? But that's not all to it. In fact, he meets your needs to let you know you don't have to put your needs at the center of your attention. Are we together? So, he gives Peter the greatest catch of fish ever. Then tells him, leave it, follow me. Or maybe it doesn't ever occur to you. You know the great catch, that great catch that, that Peter has. Say, you know, Peter never took it. Oh, you don't know. He left it, though. Because I know we like to use those kind of things for the miraculous power of God. Ah, doors are opening. Money is coming. Sir, the money comes so that you now realize money doesn't have to be at the center of my heart. <laughs> are you with me, sir? Doesn't have to be so, every of those miracles is showing you you don't need to put these things at the center of your attention. Follow me. Are you with me? Are we together, guys? Teaching good. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. So, you must train yourself. You enter South Africa. What about the gospel is so important that people who seem to have everything still need it? That is when you know that you have a message for the world. Your message must be able to thrive among people who have much and among people who don't have anything. Are you with me? It mustn't just thrive among the rich. It must also thrive among the poor. Are we together? It mustn't just thrive among students. It must thrive among those who are employed. Are we together, guys? Does that make sense, guys? Exactly. Because it's a message for the world. It's a message for the world. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Jesus, excuse me, I want to check something really quickly. Now, when we have Bibles, we meet to Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah 54. Isaiah chapter 54. From verse 3 to verse 4. And I want to read this particular part from the message translation. Oh, before I, actually, before I get there, let me also say something very important, actually. Now, listen to me. If the scripture tells us that the gospel is for the whole world and it's for every man, it, in simple terms, it means the gospel is for 8 billion men. Are you with me? Enough with talking about the gospel abstractly. Let's be practical about it. If the Bible tells you that God wants all men saved and come to the end of the truth, in simple terms, God wants 8 billion people saved and to come to the end of the truth. Are we together, guys? Does that make sense? When you read through the book of Acts, one of the very important things or interesting things you'll find was that they numbered their new converts. Acts 2, 3,000 souls, men, were added to the church. Are we together? Acts 5, 5,000 souls were added to the church. Are we together, guys? Listen to me. No truly evangelistic person doesn't care about numbers. Listen. <laughs> and this is, this is a very important part that we've got into. You are not serious with the gospel if you are not serious about the number of people who believe the gospel. You know, so very ridiculous things we like to say. It's not about the number. It's about the seriousness. About the fire. Even if we are just two. No, sir. You think, Jesus, you think God did not know even if we are just two? Yes, he says he gave his son for the whole world. You think say you wise? 
Hallelujah. If he says the old world, it means the old world matters. Are we together? He lives in 1941. Well, there is a 99. Are you with me, guys? Are you with me, guys? Listen to me. You must open up your mind. Listen. It is God's will that the numbers increase. Never be okay with little. Never. See, and if you check it, it is always us trying to form nobility. I, I don't really care about the numbers, God. Take everything. I don't want it. <laughs> oh, you think you are noble. You know what he's giving? He's giving Peter in Acts 10. Arise, take and eat. He said, no, Lord. See, hey, religion is terrible. You know, in other words, he knew it together. He identified him as Lord, yet he said no. Do you realize how ironic that statement is or how paradoxical it is that you are using Lord and still you say no? Do you know the meaning of Lord? It means he's your master. It means you're a servant. Anything he says you do, you do. But listen, that's where religion is terrible. You will think you are serving God. You are serving yourself. Are we together? It sounds nice. I don't care about the numbers. It sounds sweet, but it doesn't make sense. God said he wants all men saved. He said, I don't care about the numbers. No. If we are truly passionate about what God is passionate about, the numbers will matter to us. Are you with me? Glory to Jesus. Your discipleship classes don't have to stay small. Are we together? Glory to Jesus. You have two disciples. Trust God for four more. Are you with me? Trust God for five more. Trust God for six more. And when I say trust God for six more, I'm not saying go and be stealing from another person's home. Are we together? I mean, we are plundering the harvest of the world. Are you with me, guys? See, there, there are impacts of the gospel in places that can be felt in the natural. Are you with me, guys? For example, if you shake the gospel in a particular place, eh, bars will begin to reduce. Because they are not making sales anymore. Because you are turning drunkards to men of God. Do, do you understand me? There are impacts. Don't you get it? In, in the city of Ephesus, the gospel prevailed so much. Artisans were losing. Because nobody was making idols anymore. Are you with me? Do you realize the reason they came as them strong was because, ah, come. Every Bible tells you they brought out their idols and they burnt it on the streets. So if you are a blacksmith, in less than three months, your business has gone down. Are you with me? At least, if your work was, I make idols for a living. Elewe Omo. Are you with me? It means, if, you, if we enter the gospel, if we take the gospel to a place, and we are serious enough with it, Elewe Omo should lose business. Are you with me? Guys, eh, some people might not like me for saying this, sir. If we carry the gospel to certain places, hospitals should feel it. <laughs> Hospitals will feel it. Some of you are wondering, is it because I'm not practicing physiotherapy anymore? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, product designers cannot feel it. So we're just we're creating more products for people of God to use. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. But they must feel it. They can't feel it. Are we together, guys? You know, Jesus' impact in Jerusalem was so strong, he shook the Roman Empire to his core. He shook the Roman Empire to the core. 
are you with me? They could tell that there was something that had changed in a particular place. They could tell. They could tell. Are we together? Let me say something. What is the place of the gospel in the transformation of a nation? It is simple. Transformed people. Let me say this. Now, it may be a bit controversial. I don't think the impact of the gospel is for us to form political party. I don't think so. I think the influence of the gospel is in the hearts of men. If we convert men, we will have good men everywhere, including places of power. Are we together? And they will judge righteously. See, the issue is not religion. We have Christians that are stealing. Are you with me? So I'm not saying just packing people with the banner, Christian. Mm -mm. I'm saying you are raising men and women of God who, despite being in political power, still have the gospel at their hearts. That is what I'm talking about. Listen, if we do that, we will change a nation. Actually, we will change nations. Can I hear an amen? Are we together, guys? So, we must open our eyes to possibilities like that. Nations can be saved. Teaching meetings don't have to be small. Somehow, we've accepted the reality that worship concerts, da. Long hour teaching, mm. no, sir. Are we together? We can have millions gathered together in an arena, and what they are doing is studying God's, hour, God's word for hours. Jesus did it. 5,000 men. Because in those days, they didn't count women and children. And we know from experience, women are always more. At least there would have been 10,000 in that place. Are we together? And Jesus taught them three days. Are we together, men and women of God? We, we must conceive it. We can have crowds for the gospel. Are you with me? Now, there's a balance to it too. Now, don't get me wrong. There can also be an unholy chase of number where you are just concerned about number. You don't care how they come. You're just doing everything so that people will just come. Anything like that. That's not what we are saying. Because the point of the number is to have transformed men. Are we together, guys? So, we will reduce the authenticity of the word. We will not reduce the impact of prayer. We will not reduce the training of the Holy Ghost. But we'll keep having more men coming around. Are you with me? So that by the time we disperse them, we are having hundreds of trained men, thousands of trained men, millions of trained men. Sir, listen. To cover the world is not impossible. Are you with me? If there's anything the disciples show us, listen, 12 men can turn around generations. It's not impossible. If, do you know, this man Jesus lived on he walked the face of the earth. These events in the Bible, they happened. Are you with me? So, if they happen, they can be replicated. Are you with me? If Philip could turn around Samaria, I can't too. Are you with me, guys? I might not have turned around the city, but I will. Are you with me? Accept it. Let it even first sink in your head. First, accept that it is possible. That's the first thing you need to do. Accept it first. Accept that you can stand in front of a stadium and teach the world. That you can. First accept it. Then when you now accept it, you now walk towards it. Sir, there is a, a way a man walks. You know, there's something pursuing this. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you with me? There's a way a man does gospel. You know, let me say this humbly. I can't study Bible like any other person. Like most people, let me put it that way. There is a place I'm going. 
Are you with me? Two hours of study can be okay for you. It can't work for me. Are you with me? The journey is still far. Do you understand? You quoting just five or six portions of scripture might work for you. I must know this thing. Do, do you get me? There are people I'm going to talk to that in order for me to be able to convince them, I must be a walking, walking embodiment of scripture. So, I know where I'm going and I've accepted that person in my mind. It changes how I walk. Are we together, guys? That's it. It changes how I walk. Because you know what we learn about Jesus? That a city can turn around in three and a half years. Ah! Hey! Shamantria stivilike pradiga venemeteli atahasus. One city can turn around in three and a half years. Jesus showed up in Jerusalem. And with what wisdom does this man speak? They said, now, it was a condescending statement, but still, is this not the same Jesus? The son of the carpenter. Ambo! Ah, are you with me? When people look at you and say, ah, is it not the same boy in Angola? Mumbo boy! Hey, it's not the same man anymore. He has he has caught a hold of the Holy Ghost. It's not the same man anymore. And in case they don't know, bring them, let's show them power. <laughs> Are we together, guys? That's it. So one man can turn around the city. Just give him time. Are you with me? So we might not have turned around cities, but we can. Are you with me? So, time to love. Just give me short time. I want to show you practically how to turn around the city. So now, Bible tells us when Jesus was going to begin his ministry, what does he do? In Luke 4, after he was baptized, Bible tells us he separated himself apart. Are we together? And then he goes to the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, let me tell you something ironic about that verse you don't know. There was no reference of that verse throughout the four gospels that said he was praying all they tell you that was that he was led by the spirits to be tempted of the devil but let me tell you something because we know the way jesus is we know he was praying he was so consistent in character we knew if this man should leave a place he went to pray are you with me so now the man prays 40 days 40 nights how will such a man enter into a city and you will not know Scripture says he entered, in the, he entered into Jerusalem in the fullness of the spirits. And then where does he go? He goes straight to the synagogue. And he, tell, he, opens, the, he opens the scriptures. Read from Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Recovery of sight to the blind. To set and liberty to those who are captive. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The day of vengeance of our God. And then he says, as he closed it, he says, their eyes were fastened on him. And he looked at them and said, today is this scripture fulfilled in your eyes. Sir, there is a level of boldness a man of speaks with. Ah, it's not motivation. Sir, when a man that has prayed talks, you know, you know, they here again. Are we together, guys? There's something that prayer does to a man. Are you with me? So, what makes you think you can do the ministry of the Lord Jesus on the earth and not pray? What gave you that confidence? You want to shake a nation, a city. You think it's on 30 minutes of prayer. Huh? Sir, I know they've told you nice things outside. It's not about the length, it's the depth. It's so cool. scripture, say, scripture says pray without ceasing. You say it's not about the length, it's the depth. Pray without ceasing. Praying always, without prayer and supplication in the spirit. Watching the Lord without prayer and supplication in the spirit. He said, not length, it's depth. Hey, you shall be called past Jesus. Jesus did 40 days and 40 nights. It's not length, it's depth. But let us breath. 
Stay, stay there. Tally, stay. Jesus tells the apostles, he says, stay in Jerusalem till you are in the power from a night. Notice he never told them to pray. They learned, ah, if we have to wait for something to happen, we have to go and wait and pray, sir. Our waiting is prayer. Are you with me? So, we say, okay, we want to enter this place. Eh, like one month before or two months before, we're already in fasting and prayer. Are you with me? Sir, there's a way we prepare for a walk. Even the devil knows something's going to happen. Are you with me? There's a way to prepare for work. Prepare. You have someone to preach. The night before Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Uh uh. Yeah. Sir, you will not change any life. Are you with me? Ah, it's by grace, it's not by works. Cool, <laughs> Sembe. God, pray. Are we together? And now, it wasn't just that he started in prayer. He had a consistent life of prayer. Mark 1, verse 35. Scripture says he would wake up a great while before day and then he would go and pray. Luke 6, verse 12. Scripture tells us he prayed through the night just before he appointed his apostles. Luke 3, 21. He was just about to be baptized. Like, they wanted to, one very reborn me. They want to put you inside water. Sir, what are you praying about? Is it the temperature of the water? Oh, the water should not carry me away. You know, sometimes, I told my guy, sometimes you want to tell Jesus, sir, you are the son of God. It was almost like he prayed like he forgot that he was divinity in humanity. He prayed like, he did, he prayed like every ounce of prayer is what determines the miraculous. Are you with me? If God as a man could pray, how much more men will carry God? Are you with me, sir? You must pray. Are we together? But that's not all. Scripture also now tells us this man was a teacher. Listen, when we are done praying, prayer now enables us to speak the word. Are we together? Are we together, guys? I told you before, Jesus' first sermon ever. First sermon starts in Matthew 5. It did not end in Matthew 7. First sermon, like, when she church? Introduction, introductory service, inaugural service. Let's just come around. You know, you won't be expecting that you just dance more. In fact, you know, we'll do this thing. And then he comes, and then he says, he begins the Beatitudes, Matthew 5. Does end in Matthew 7. His point from John 14 was up until the ending of John 17. It was one sermon. Are you with me? You know, Jesus taught so well. Among unbelievers, he had special classes. So, Jesus would teach unbelievers. And then his disciples would come and meet him at the back and say, Sir, this thing you taught, we don't really understand. Then Jesus would now say, Oh, I taught it that way because I taught it in parables so that seeing they will see and not understand. Hearing they will hear and not perceive. And then he would now take his disciples apart to bear a special class. Are you with me? So, among unbelievers, they were doing special class, extra lesson. Among unbelievers, what, 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 what? What, sir? What? So, if we want to turn around the city, sir, we must teach. Are you talking to, uh, you know, someone I really revere? And then he looked at me. I told him about a couple of things, and he was giving counsel, and he looked at me. And the way he said it, I'm going to say it that way. I'm not going to paraphrase. He said, Israel. He said, teach. Ah! There was, 
I was telling my friend, I said, when he said that thing to me, it's as though, you know, people go see your leg. Ah, I said, I said, sir, in my mind, I was saying, yes, sir, but I don't think he understood what I was saying. I was looking at him like, sir, you will beg me to stop. Ah, oh, God. Are you with me, sir? Makoto? I caught the word. I will teach it. I'm done. I will teach this session, next session, next session. Sir, uh, hey, you've not still seen this. Is not KCM. I think KCM. Are we together? This is not KCM. We've not done KCM. Are we together? There are days that are coming. Three days, four days. Sessions, back to back. Are we together? And listen to me. The crowd will be more than this. Are you with Come on. There will be no topic we'll have not covered. Are you with me? Holy Ghost, justification, sanctification, redemption, salvation, everything. I'm a cutter. Then we'll start again. Are you with me, sir? We'll teach the word well. We'll teach it. We'll teach it. The first time a sermon was taught in the church, Peter stood up on the spot. The man taught a sermon, quoted from Joel, from David, finished it. By the time it was done, you know what they said? They said, what shall we do to be saved? He taught it so well, they were helpless. Now, help us. What do we do? So now, you, you go and preach sermon. You say, they, you know, they, they, are, they are not listening. Ah, oh, Are you with me? You will teach people till when they hear you. Are, are you with me? Just, you will teach a negligent person till when they will say, ah, sir, come again. What did you just say? Are you with me, guys? So we'll teach the word. Teach the word. Teach the, teach the word. Teach it. Don't let anybody stop you. Are you together? Don't, those two disciples that God has given to you, let God himself know, ah, ah. Even God will say, ah, ah. Elay faithful. Are you with me? You teach them where? Are we together, guys? You teach. You teach. You teach. And the next, you do miracles. <laughs> hey, you do miracles. <laughs> you see, you cannot say you are doing the ministry of the Lord Jesus and you are not doing miracles. Which ministry are you doing? Are we together? Which ministry are you doing? Bible tells you they would bring the sick from afar. They would bring them. It became a scientific fact. Once sickness comes in contact with Jesus, there is one result. Have you ever noticed? I was explaining this to my guys a while ago. Do you know there are some Bible stories about Jesus? You don't. You've never read the ending. You just know how it always ends. When you hear that a man was blind and you hear Jesus comes in, you don't need to read to the end. You know the results. Ah! So it became so consistent. Are you with me? It, it was predictable. So when we see a sick person and we see Jesus coming from there, uh, we know by 25 minutes time, you'll be healed. Ah, are you with me, sir? Ah. Ah. Are you with me? Man of God, we must do miracles. Are you with me? We must do miracles. And listen to me. The simple way me I know for doing miracles is in the name of Jesus. See, how can cancer be healed when you don't pray for cancer? It doesn't matter if you have the anointing to heal cancer. If you never pray for cancer to be healed, it will never go. You know what that means? Sir, pray for as many sick persons as possible. When I told, when I posted it on my WhatsApp, I said, if you are sick, please, we are begging you, bring them. Know why? It's because I, just as God will show people, I want Him to show me. I want Him to show me what the name can do. Because, sir, let me tell you, I might pray for the sick ten times and they don't get healed. But the day, the first.
first day I opened a blind man's eyes, sir, any other blind man's eyes I catch, they will open up. Are you with me? See, I'm telling you what I know by experience. It is the first one that is the hardest. Are you with me? It's the first one that is the hardest. Let me tell you, there are certain miracles now. I don't, I don't really, I, I say this humbly by the grace of God. It doesn't take much. Do you understand my point? Out. I don't, it's not this thing. I've prayed for it again and again and again. Do you understand? They're telling me back pain. It's not a, this thing. I've been praying for back pain now. It's not this year. It's not last year. Do you get? So it's going to go. Are you with me? But there's some others, maybe I will need to concentrate a bit more. But sir, I just need the first healing of that miracle. Just, just the first one. If I can get the first one, ha, sir, I will pray for more and more and more. So you need to know. I'm using it. Are you with me? Scope me. Uh, oh God. I'm telling you facts. Because listen to me. You will see the next 10 years. I knew when that guy started. Ah, oh, are you listening to me? You see, I knew, I knew when he used to have that small meeting. In fact, I was in that meeting in Kali Sanctuary. I know when he laid hands on this guy, only Bobokon that walked in this way, and he laid hands on him, and the boy began to walk this way. You mean he cured cancers hundreds at once? Eh? He said, I know where he started, yes, but he's no longer the same man. He has caught the hold of the healing power of Jesus. Are you with me, guys? So listen, if we want to turn around the world, we must do miracles. Are you with me? I told you in the first session, miracles are is like a dinner bell. You ring it, people gather, then you preach. Are you with me, guys? So we must we must pack people together to do miracles. When we do it, and people see it, they will call their people. You know, in John 6, let me tell you what happened. In John 6, after Jesus did the miracle of five loaves of bread and two fish, guess what? You know, we are the ones who will be going to go and look for people. They were looking for him the next day. Yeah, of the truth, Jesus said, labor not for meat that perish yet. But that's to let you know there's something meat can do. Sir, don't let me lie to you. If five loaves of bread fit 5,000 in this meeting, just let's just do tomorrow's session. Watch the crowd. That you say, ah, you people will not believe what just happened in the sanctuary where you. Five loaves of bread fed 5,000 people. Eh? This place, we don't go get space. Are you with me? Do you understand me? So, we must, we must run after the miraculous. Are you with me, guys? We must. We must conceive that it is possible. Lame men can walk. Are you with me, guys? It doesn't matter how long we've prayed for them and it did not work. Listen, God's word does not change. The lame can walk. The dumb can speak. The deaf can hear. The blind eyes can see. If we stay at it long enough, we're going to get it. Are we together, guys? Are we together? So, we must, alongside the preaching of the gospel. I know, there is a way, you, there is a way a man that wants the miraculous do, does. Are you with me? If you say you want the miraculous, you must go after it. Are we together, guys? So now, when we say we want a healing meeting, what's healing meeting when you don't have any sick person? Bring them! Are we together? Bring them! Ah, my head is paining me. My back is paining me. I have a meeting. <laughs> Are you with me? I have a meeting. In fact, it shows that you really believe something can happen in that meeting. You know, it takes faith to invite somebody for a meeting. That, ah, you have a pain in your body. Come. Come for this meeting. Sir, what if it doesn't work? What if it does? Uh, are you with me? Are you with me? So we must go after the miraculous. We must run after it. Are we together? So listen, I want you to know what KCM's healing night is for. It's not just to heal the sick. We want to show you what power in the name can do. Then you now go and do. Are you with me? So in your own small meetings too, are we together? 
by the time you are teaching in your discipleship class and somebody comes in and then funny word of knowledge that person will go and he will, even if he doesn't want to come back he'll say ah that man a man of God are you with me are you with me guys that's it the miraculous the miraculous stand up on your feet stand up on your feet stand up on your feet two more things ah I mean, two more things and then we close. Alongside the teaching of the word, there is now, now, there is frequency in teaching the word. Then there is depth. Are you with me, guys? There is depth in teaching. Do you know what it means that a young boy enters into a temple and Bible says the doctors of the law and the Pharisees were confounded at his understanding and answers. Meaning, this young boy was talking to them and they didn't have answer for him. Are you with me? If he says they were confounded at his understanding and answers, it means he asked them questions they did not answer, then he gave them answers. Are you with me, guys? Sir, there is, ah, you can teach the word so well and so clear that people know a name more word. Are you with me, guys? It's, it, there, is, there is such a thing. Are you, so it's not just by frequency, because let me tell you something. If you teach the word frequently and there's no death, people will not come again. Are you with me, guys? But listen, there is a depth to which you teach the word that people can stay for three days and they are willing to keep staying. It means you had something to deliver. Are you with me? There was something in your mouth. Bible tells you in John 7, after Jesus was done teaching, you know, before that sermon, they had sent soldiers to go and carry Jesus. They sent them to pick him up. And after he, you know, cried aloud, John 7, he says, on that great day, the last day of the feast, Jesus cried aloud and saying, he that believes, he says, if any man test, let him come unto me and drink. He says, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his body shall flow rivers of living waters. And then he explained that particular portion of scripture. When you read that same chapter, scripture says, the soldiers went back. <laughs> and when they went back, the, the Pharisees, you know, they said, ah, where is the man that we told you to pick? You know what the soldiers said? They said, sir, ah, that man they teach you. Hey, are you with me? He said, sir, ah, he said, sir, is that the man you say we should go and catch? Ah, he said, sir, we feel not like him, but he did teach, sir. Sir, if you hear what? Even the, the Pharisees have to say, ah, do you believe him? I'm sure that they did. They did not want to talk. There is a kind of talking that confounds people. Are you with me? Where, you know, Paul was not talking to Agrippa. Agrippa said, ah, Paul, you are about to run mad. He says, excess learning will make you mad. Meaning that Agrippa got to a point and said, what? How can a man teach like this? Agrippa said, you almost make me a Christian. I like the way some other versions put it. Message says, just a little more time and I would have become a Christian. Are you with me? You know when a man agrees with you and says, if you stay 10 more minutes teaching like this, I will say, baptize me. Are you with me, sir? I have reasons to believe Agrippa was already convinced. He just did not want to talk because Felix was there. Are you with me, guys? At that point in time, Agrippa had believed what Paul was saying. He just didn't want to say it. Sir, there is a level of depth with scripture that we can command. That we study God's word to the point where we, we speak. Scripture says he, he will give us a wisdom which people cannot withstand. Are we together, guys? That we will talk and listen. Have you ever wondered why they killed Stephen? They didn't kill Stephen because they didn't agree with, with what he was saying. Scripture says they were cut to the heart. Meaning they killed him out of anger. Are we, are we together, guys? Meaning what he said got to them. He got to them so much they could not handle themselves. They went to kill him. Are you with me, guys? There is a wisdom that opposition cannot resist. Are you with me? So it's not just about the word again and again and again. Carry depth. 
let your sermons be compelling. Teach us something. Let us hear you. Are you with me? Teach it like you mean it. Teach it. Such that we, we are listening to you for three hours and we are not tired. We want to hear more. Teach well. Are we together? Are we together? And last but not least, teach wild. Teach out. Bible says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. If the word of God that you have is for the whole world, why are you keeping it too small? Are you with me? Note that most of Jesus' sermons were done on mounts, on mountains. Why? Because he wanted to be in a place where he could project and good hear. Are you with me, sons? Why, why, why exactly, as sound and as worded as you are, we are not seeing you anywhere? We are checking your Instagram accounts, nothing about the word. And you are complaining that people who don't know the word are everywhere. Do your own! Are you with me? Are you with me, guys? Do it and do it well. Teach us good word. Do you understand? Carry the thing. Give us, feed us well. Do you understand? May we hear you. I call your voice in our ears. Are we together, guys? Are you with me? Teach it out. Open your mouth and talk. Amen? Are we together? Twitter, Instagram reels, Instagram posts, YouTube shots, everywhere. Give us words, sir. Are we together? Command, command our attention with what you have to say. Give us good stuff. Let us think. Are we together? You know, there, there are people who just know how to write. Have you ever, there are some threads I read sometimes. I say, how can somebody write like this? They just, they have such a command of words. And you're like, if only I could be like that. So now, you, good poets, you can write stuff. You don't know how to write. Write a, a proper thesis on the gospel. That when we are done reading, we lift our hands and say, what a God. Are we together, guys? Are you with me? Write well. Some of you know how to talk. You can talk well. Do you understand me? Do good stuff. Put that. So now, as we are evangelizing, because let me tell you something. There are certain people you cannot evangelize by just to do evangelism. Are you with me? I, I, I think I can talk more when it, talks, when it comes to evangelism. By the grace of God, I did evangelism to a point people remember me on campus through evangelism. There are people that they will say, do you know this guy? Ah, this boy. Ah, I know him now. He came to evangelize in my room one time. So, I'm not telling you something I did not do or I don't do. I, sir, I did evangelize. Are we together? But let me also tell you as somebody who has experience, there are certain persons you cannot reach by those who do evangelism. For example, you can't reach me. Are we If it's not church or gym, I'm not going anywhere. So if you are doing door to door, you can't see me. Are we together? Because you can't even knock on my door. Do you understand me? The only way you can get somebody like me, are we together, is through social media. Amen? So if we are really serious about all the world, we will use all the means. Are you with me? We will use all the means. We will use billboards. We will use banners. Ah, sir. Me, I've, I've dreamt far. I've dreamt far. I've dreamt far. I've dreamt far. No, I was telling my guys, some of our leaders, and I said something. I said, it's not impossible that we get to a point where we use those big billboards in front of campus gates just for our monthly meetings. Not special meetings, no. Those big billboards that we have a meeting once a month. We use the billboard. Are we together? You know, there's a lot of one that is at OUI. That one. Sir. <laughs> we'll just use it. We'll use some billboards, not because of meeting, just barcode. And to listen to our sermon. That's all. Sir, I've thought far, sir. Are you with me? I've thought far. I remember one time I was talking to them, I said, 
Just what's the possibility that we use Odudua for a meeting and Amphi for overflow? Come with me. Do you understand? Amphi is the overflow. Do you understand? It's excess people, Amphi. Odudua for the meeting. Odudua because, I mean, it's closed and covered and stuff like that. Are we together? Are we together, guys? Now, you know, when you have such a vision at the center of your eyes, there's now a way you run. Are you with me? There's a way. There's you can't find that kind of preaching in the mouth of somebody who just wants to preach to 50 people. And it's okay if that's what the person wants. But, sir, me, I want nations. Are you with me? I want nations. Glory to God. We're going to pray now, shortly. All the hands of your neighbor. All the hands of your neighbor. Scripture tells us in Psalms 2, the Lord said, Ask of me, and I will give thee the ethan for thine inheritance uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession are we together our prayer is simple lord jesus we receive the nations are we together we receive more men now as you pray these prayers your eyes must open you must see visions of yourself teaching men you understand? enough teaching too us that's fine but you can teach more are we together guys jesus i receive come and pray Thank you for listening. We're sure that it was an amazing time. For questions and inquiries, reach out to us on carisol.mini at gmail.com. We call you blessed.